0: All right, and welcome back to Marky Mark and the Fitness Bunch. Today, we are here with Emily Field from Emily Field RD, and she's going to be going over macros uh, for strength training. Emily, thank you so much for being on the
1: podcast. Thanks for having me.
0: So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of what you do, like what's, what's your focus?
1: Sure, I mean, you kind of prefaced it a little bit, but um, I am a registered dietitian and I teach a mindful macros approach and I am typically helping women ditch nonsense food rules and depriving diet behaviors for good. They focus, my clients are really focusing on how much they can do instead of how much they weigh when they feel themselves and they support their bodies appropriately, which I know is a lot of your focus as well in your practice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's why I wanted to kind of have you on because I think you have like a really unique approach um, both to macros, but just like kind of like your relationship with the strength training world in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us kind of like what was your journey? Like what brought you here today?
1: Oh, man, it was a complicated relationship with uh, dietetics and becoming a registered dietitian. And I I think I'll few, uh, you know, if if dietitians are listening to this, um, you know, like the entrepreneurial world can be a little bit rocky in getting here. Um, You know, I did the traditional route, went to school for nutrition. I kind of always knew I wanted to work in prevention. And so that kind of left me with like nutrition and psychology. And I landed myself in some nutrition classes and immediately fell in love. Um, But as you know, like those two things are very married (laughs) psychology and nutrition so I did keep up with my psych classes and ended up having and that was my minor in college went on to do my internship and then start working but I just prolonged I you know I went to got my master's in public health and I I just really prolonged graduating I think for a while because I just never saw the job that I wanted modeled for me I did all my rotations I shadowed who I wanted to shadow I did work in public health. I did work in the private sector, and I just never saw what I like the job that I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I found myself in a health coaching role as a telephonic health coach for a wellness company in Minneapolis, um, I fell in love with the process of helping someone get to their goals very quickly and efficiently. So through our telephonic health coaching conversations, which were just like once a week. 15 minute calls tied to a computer, you know, doing quick, quick, quick um, laser focused coaching, Um, it really showed me the power of um, getting at the root of what makes somebody want to change. And how do you help get them there? And that for that kind of like, led me to want to do my own private practice. And I'd say like, I would probably still be at that health coaching job if I hadn't realized, in it that there was a ceiling on my income, and there was um, kind of this stress of being attached to a computer and not having the freedom to do what I wanted to with my day and with my productivity and all that good stuff. So um, at the same time as I was in that role, I found CrossFit, and that forever changed my perspective on who I could help and how I could help them. So I applied a little bit of what I knew for my health coaching job and decided to start telling people at my CrossFit gym that I could help them and and thus <laughs> a private practice was born. And um, over the, you know, over the last couple of years I've been able to transition out of full-time work and work um, exclusively for myself and it's never been better. So um, I finally found that job I needed to model. It was the one I needed to create myself.
0: Yeah. And I think that's an important message as well. Cause I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't become a dietitian, but I came from a similar, background so I'm, I know a lot of dietitians mm-hmm. for that reason and I think a lot of them had the same problem as you at the beginning which is they like nutrition it's their passion but they look into the jobs that are available after their bachelor's degree and they're like I don't know what to do so they just do a master's. Yeah. like that's the
1: mm-hmm.
0: such a common like I don't know what I'm going to do so I'm just going to be in school longer like so millennial like of us <laughs> yes prolonging the prolonging the like real adulthood like you're just I'm going to be in school longer Um, but I think that's great and I think that you found something that you love and I I hope more dietitians just take it into their own hands like you said Mm -hmm. like I think that's really really valuable now with macros I think we definitely see a shift where things like uh, intuitive eating or like other kinds of focusing on that like less direct tracking Mm -hmm. I think has become more popular over time what was it about macros that made you prefer that as opposed to like, say, some of the newer styles that have come out recently?
1: Well, I first want to give your audience a little bit of a background. So tracking macros is the um, the name that we give the I guess the approach that you would um, log your food in a food tracking app and look at the targets, proteins, fats and carbs uh, in your diet. And then by manipulating those proteins, fats and carbs in your diet, you can see changes to your health, your body composition, and your athletic performance. So opposed to maybe, let's say, clean eating, for example, as an approach to um, changing your health, your body composition, or your athletic performance, or intuitive eating would be another approach. Um, Maybe ketogenic eating um, would be another approach. Um, I guess we kind of put them all in a big bucket. Um, But I like to say that um, tracking macros is agnostic when it comes to goals. Um, We use, um, by tracking macros and manipulating the amount of protein, fat, and carb in your diet, you can see any number of 100 different endpoints and achieve any number of goals. Whereas, you know, maybe clean eating, for example, or even, let's say, big box programs like Weight Watchers or... Um, I don't know, I can't even think of some of the big ones right now, their main goal is to see weight loss. Like that is like that end goal. And um, tracking macros oftentimes gets lumped into that and that's not necessarily true. Um, it it can be, it can help you lose weight um, by being in a calorie deficit and changing the the, you know, the macronutrient con- components of your diet. But truly it is um, nutrition agnostic. You can eat whatever you want. Um, to as long as you're eating up to your macronutrient goals each day, and those goals will change based on what you want your outcome to be.
0: Yeah, and I think the, so. So macros is really like more of a tool to whatever you want to accomplish, yeah. as opposed to like a specific diet mm-hmm. like keto or um, paleo, something yeah, like that. that. that kind of K- like keto, paleo, Weight Watchers. Mm-hmm. Weight Watchers is trash. I'll say that <laughs> right on my podcast. Um, but, I was like, I hope. Sorry, no, on. I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, you're you're completely right. I completely agree. And um, the zone would be another one that comes to mind, especially for the athletic.
0: Bernstein, I think, is one of them. Uh, yeah.
1: um,
0: I think that's another mm-hmm. one. They're they're all different, <laughs> um, but that that's that's a topic for another yeah. podcast. We can. I would love to have one episode just bashing. me, just like that's that's. Well have title. me back and because I have I, a lot
1: of stories from my past clients that come from I, that yeah. background.
0: Yeah, I would love. I'll get so heated Mm -hmm. though. That's the real problem. I'll just like, I'll try to be neutral and be like, no, (laughs) dumb. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about, um, so why would a woman who's strength training, let's say she's lifting weights, uh, she might do CrossFit or maybe some other kind of, you know, uh, sports involving Mm -hmm. weightlifting. What, why? Why would you want to go to macros specifically? Like, what's the yeah?
1: So my my typical clients are active women. They are strength training. They're training for races and endurance world and things like that. Macros offers a highly personalized approach for your goals. So, like I said, it's nutrition agnostic. It's goal agnostic. Um, you can use a macros approach if you want to lose weight, gain weight, lose fat, gain muscle, improve your athletic performance, X Y Z. Um, you know, and if you come from a food and nutrition history that's riddled with diet plans or programs, you actually might not know how to properly fuel yourself. And so macros can, a macros approach can help you start to eat enough in order for you to see the, um, the end goal that you're looking for. So, you know, I, I typically see from women, um, you know, their mindset is skinny is better and less is best and um, deprivation and Restriction are you know all that they know from a nutrition world um, because unfortunately that's all that's really put out there. So if you had uh you know decades of food rules and just you know um you know old diet programs that are recommending twelve hundred to fifteen hundred calories, you may just think that that's it. You may just think that that is uh, all that you need, no matter what your goal is. But unfortunately, that's just weight loss, or that's just one plan's approach to weight loss. And so macros can help reshape um the proper portion sizes or for you and um you know that's why i love it i love giving hard numbers and for your first question like why do you specifically want to do macros over something like intuitive eating which is numbers strict you know there is no tracking with intuitive eating as far as i i know most practitioners are not using you food logging they're not using numbers not anything not not normally.
0: Okay. No, normally, I would say, like, like this is just based on the past mm-hmm. tests that I've had. Like, normally, it's based on just, like, a, oh, I'm going to butcher this. But this is normally based on how you feel, how it makes you feel. Do you feel fueled? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of adapt from yeah. there. Like, that's kind of the, like, you you let your body call the shots as opposed to, like, a specific protein, carb, yeah. stats.
1: Yeah. Right. And for the subset of the population that does do really well with numbers and data, which I do, <laughs> many of my clients are like me. They like having the numbers, they like having the objective data to show them, like, uh, you know, here's what's working and not working. And that actually strips away the shame, guilt, and stress around eating that I'm sure the intuitive eating dietitians would also want for their clients. So, we you know offline we're talking a little bit about like how we want to get where we eventually want to get our clients and i think that stripping shame guilt and stress is something that we both have in common and i'm just doing it from a numbers approach and they're choosing to do it from a non-numbers approach but there's a market for both and you know it helps both parties
0: i think that's important to realize too especially because nutrition is so divisive online and just in general. Right. So I think it's important to understand that like there are different approaches that work for different mm-hmm. people. Like it really is not like macros is going to be great for some people. Intuitive eating is going to be great for other people. Like we need to, you know, kind of, kind of realize that that it's not like a one size fits all, especially for nutrition. Okay. Um, what, let's talk about that actually. Cause how, how can you tell a person would be a good candidate for tracking macros? What is the, what are some signs that this is something that you should pursue?
1: Um, I would say that the, the the people that are most successful with my with a macros approach are people that um, do thrive on data and objective uh, metrics. They like to track things. They thrive um, when they like have a specific goal to hit. Um, I'd say that people who have had a turbulent relationship with food and restriction could actually do really well with a macros approach. Um, Obviously this takes a little bit of professional finesse when I'm screening clients. Um, There are people that might use numbers to further their eating disorder or restriction deprivation and all that stuff, but those are not my clients. And I refer them properly to a psychologist or therapist. Um, But somebody who um, has specific goals for their body composition or their, their athletic performance, and they wanna get there in a very efficient and effective way, they should be able to do that um, in in a method that like gets them there quickly, and that is what macros can do. It takes the guesswork out because we can um, map out what their year looks like, or we can map out what their next three months looks like, paired with their training, what they need to be eating or what they should be eating in order to perform their best. Um, so yeah, I think uh, the. I think There is a subset of the population, including myself, that really loves a roadmap and loves to know that, like, this is, if I just stay this path, I'll eventually get there. Um, And yeah, and I think that that's what macros offers.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really, you know, this is actually not uh, dissimilar to the way that I track macro, like, not macro, that I track Mm -hmm. training. Like, I would never... For training, I would never just be like, "All right, just do like a like movement," and then the next one just do like a chest movement. Like it's it's very, it's you know, training never has never worked that way. It's very like you know sets, reps, exercises, days of the week. Like Mm -hmm. it's very, it's much more specific, and the guidance and that really like really almost gives more Mm -hmm. freedom, which I think is something that's underrated Mm -hmm. as well. I. I had so back when I was in the powerlifting world, uh, macros is right. very common. It's very common in that world, and uh, everyone's counting their proteins, fats, and I think this is what leads a lot of powerlifters to rationalize like having pockets every day as part yeah. of their diet and things like that. Um, but I, I didn't have anybody in, I didn't have anybody who like bought a coach or like a service to do their macros. Normally, they would just like they would mm-hmm. download the one of many dozens mm-hmm. of apps and they would just go about mm-hmm. it that way what would be the value of hiring someone like yourself as opposed to like downloading MyFitnessPal mm-hmm. pal or you know one of the other ones that exist yeah. as well because it's it, you're making you're making a great case for macros which is awesome but i would love to hear the case for I
1: like also having someone yeah yeah, yeah well exactly. no i i applaud the people that can diy it and i certainly have diy um resources on my website where people could really just get themselves started especially if they're they are a self-starter and they're like yeah i totally get this i you know i want to do it on my own there's many there are many places to go looking for a calculator to find out what you need to be eating but i'd say that the alternative to having a like the alternative to that is having a coach to help you work through the psychology around food and eating and that like we talked about in the beginning it's so closely married For some people, they cannot be objective enough in order to trust the process or to look at the um, variables, you know, objectively, like you said, with training, I'm sure it happens all the time. It's like, am I making progress? But you have a coach to say, yes, you're making progress. And here's how we can measure that. Or an injury happens and you're able to, you know, manipulate their training and make it so that they can stay working out. It's the same thing with nutrition. You have a vacation, you have Sick kids. You have something thrown on your plate at work, and you need help troubleshooting your nutrition um, in the context of a macros approach. Like it's not just about numbers; it's about how do you, um, what are your food behaviors like, or what are your like, you know, the the food rules that are still stuck in the back of your head. And like, you know, we work through all of that in a in a coaching relationship, and that's where the value comes in hiring somebody that's as experienced as I am um, in navigating those situations.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good case for having a coach as well. I think one of the conversations this, – this is what I would love to have clarified as well is that so when you're doing macros, I think like kind of like what I mentioned before where a lot of people will use macros to rationalize like Pop-Tarts yeah. every day. Uh, you know, beef jerky on a macro mm-hmm. level is amazing. Um, just kind of like they, the typical quality of food can Decrease, I guess, without like the hmm. proper guidance.
1: It's so interesting that you How say that you... though, because in my experience, and actually, this is a very common question people say, people hear macros if I fit whatever I want, I can fit whatever I want into a, a yeah, if, if it fits it, your it's macros, macros, yeah, I can eat it. we'll
0: have like three protein mm-hmm. three protein shakes a day is kind of like the or like you um steer away from the quality of the food for like almost the numerical. It's value. so funny but, because, um, listen, we, we
1: yeah, I guess. No, no, no. I get this question a lot. And I usually like to say like, those are the buzzwords that really work for that market. Is like eat whatever you want and you can still hit your goals. And I like to That's totally, and I want to see people go through that period of like break, quote unquote, breaking their diet. And I want them to eat that way and realize I don't feel great. And this is also not fun. And it's like macro Tetris at the end of the day. I'm like eating whatever I want, but then I like have to catch up on like, 55 grams of protein at the end of the day with no fat and i'm already over on my carbs like it doesn't work and it's not sustainable and a lot of people can come around on that behavior and change it up for themselves they start to realize that they probably need to eat well-rounded meals that are made with some whole real food uh equally spaced throughout the day and that is the behavior i would love for them to be doing in general, like they, they get themselves there on their own. And I love that. And so I usually do leave it open ended. I I do say like, go ahead eat what you want, especially if you come from a, you know, depriving and restriction for so long, you deserve to break down that, um, you know, that kind of like that fallacy around nutrition and just be like, I can lose weight while also eating sugar, (laughs) or I can get strong while, you know, not eating, um, a protein shake if that 's you know what the issue is or something, but when in in coaching obviously I 'm teaching people how to how to fit whole real foods into their diet, how to structure their meals, in order for you to hit your macros by the end of the day, so that you aren 't playing macro tetris, and this all does become more sustainable because the end goal truly is for you to let go of the numbers eventually for you to have a really good understanding of how much food is appropriate for you, um, and I believe that comes from practicing it. For a while, and understanding what portion sizes look like on your plate, how much it fe- what it feels like to feel fueled, and then you can graduate from coaching and and or i'm sorry graduate from macro tracking and you know always logging your food every single day um, because you have a, a just a different and better understanding of of what it feels like to to be um, properly fueled and feeling great
0: right it's not something you you have to yeah. do forever. And it's, it sounds like you almost like want people to, you know, learn mm-hmm. through experiences, like maybe in mm-hmm. theory, that makes sense. But like, as soon as you do it in real life, like you're just yeah, and terrible. I think
1: it's people and then who, that would mm-hmm.
0: almost on your own. go to the Yeah, they things. do.
1: Um, people find out very quickly that it, they can, they can eat a lot more um, when it's food that they prepare at home. And what dietitian doesn't want people preparing their food more at home, shopping for themselves, cooking for themselves, meal planning. These are all habits that, happen as a result of me directing them towards a macros approach and I don't have to tell them to do that like they just do it on their own which is um, amazing so they're working through their own challenges and their own barriers or their previously thought barriers (laughs) that were there Um, and just um, you know just kind of busting through that on their own because of uh, a macros approach.
0: Yeah that's amazing. What do you think of the common myths like someone comes to you they want to do the macros approach. What are kind of the most common myths that you have to, you know, break out of the gate or maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe through the process? I think
1: a common myth is that, uh, you have to eat the same thing every single day in order to make it work. And I think people can get in ruts with macro tracking if you're kind of an experienced tracker or, or no, actually, you know what, it's probably more people that are DIYing it on their own without a coach. They get used to their same 10 or 15 foods and they only do those foods because it feels safe. And they know that with that and um i guess i'd say that this is a pretty like just like a myth because you can certainly build in whatever you want to your diet and i'm helping clients uh do that uh through coaching we we they go out to eat they eat with their kids they cook meals that are different like we practice all of those scenarios while also hitting their macro goals and feeling amazing so um yeah no i'd say it's definitely a common myth
0: yeah. I mean, that that's great as well. I think that's important for people to understand mm-hmm. before they go in because that's definitely I'd say like... Um, oh, go ahead. I've had in the past. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like I did track from this. I, I tried being mm-hmm. vegetarian for a bit. Um, I had a lot of vegan clients, so I wanted to kind of get a feel for what their life was like. So I went vegetarian for two months mm-hmm. and I did macro tracking just to like keep up with mm-hmm. it. It's very eye-opening. I think that's one of the things that it's a good uh-huh. educational tool like to first of all once you know what a <laughs> serving of peanut butter is it like almost right. kind of ruins your life i think is the like i almost <laughs> don't want to know that i want to be in like strict yep. denial about what the the calorie um amount for that is is there anybody who you would advise against the macro? You know, break?
1: I think, uh, you know, the, the typical ones that any dietitian would say, you know, if people feel particularly triggered by weighing and measuring their food or tracking numbers, um, they, they can't seem to, like, let it go if they're not on the nose with their macro targets. This is just... This is just, they're not a good fit for for a dietitian, or maybe they are for a specific dietitian who works with eating disorders, but this is a disordered eating pattern. And so somebody who is putting more focus on numbers and being right and wrong or on the target or off the target is probably not a good fit for macro tracking. Um, I also kind of think that, you know, people who tend to give up easily if they don't have control over their food, that's just a mindset thing. And typically we can work on, on that through coaching. But there are just some people that really feel the need to be perfect. And um, they if they don't have control of their food, they let everything slide. So again, these are just kind of the same type of avatar, the same type of client that doesn't really need a dietitian and probably doesn't need to be focusing on their weight, they really need to be focusing on their psychology and mindset. Yeah, Yeah, there's a
0: bigger problem. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's if you don't love numbers, you probably don't love macro tracking. If you don't like, if you don't thrive in a, in an arena where, you know, like qual- quantitative data lights you up, then maybe macros isn't the right approach for you. Um, there are certainly people that thrive better in a qualitative, uh, environment. They liked, um, subjective measures more than they like objective measures. And so, uh, maybe that would be a distinction. I'm, I'm usually, you know, on calls kind of distinguishing for people like my most successful clients. So the ones that thrive in data and like, don't get bothered by it. All it is. Like, do you see yourself in that camp or they got yeah. spreadsheet going on? Yeah. And like, it, yeah. Or that they just, just don't have any ethical, like there's nothing, it's weight is just a metric. Protein is just a metric. Your waist measurement is just a metric. And we are um manipulating those metrics like with other numbers. Like really, it's 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 the ethics that we put on these methods that makes them bad or good. Like if they are agnostic as they exist. And um, you know, if we can just con- if we can just continue to like understand the the method as it is and not tie any sort of like ethics to it, then it's very effective for people.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really good approach as well. One thing that I've noticed is there are really some people who take pride in being in a you know year-round mm-hmm. calorie deficit. I think that's the, like, like the goal is not to yeah. hit the metrics. The goal is to hit mm-hmm. under the metrics. Um, you see this like people or people will even set their own metrics with the idea that they're going to hit mm-hmm. lower than that amount. Um, what do you say to those people? Cause I see that all the time. Um, people who are never at a maintenance phase or like a surplus yeah. is always a failure. Like that's a failure to the day. Or like if you were in a surplus, that means you just have to be in a greater deficit for the next like week, like you had Christmas and understandably Mm -hmm. did not hit those metrics and you, what what do you, what do you, well, I mean,
1: I would really challenge them on how good they actually feel and how free do they actually feel with their nutrition? Do they feel like they're enjoying food or is this really just work? And, um, you know, are they achieving the goals that they set out to do or do they feel amazing while doing it? I mean, the answer is probably no, if they're being very honest with themselves. And as you know, well, I mean, I would tell, I tell my audience this all the time. It's like, you cannot live in a calorie deficit forever. You will have metabolic and hormonal problems, especially as a strength trainer, active woman, if you, if you try to, Um, and it is my favorite thing in the world (laughs) to help people eat more. Um, and phase their diet as they would phase their training. So similarly to your your approach, I'm sure you have cycles. You have phases where you're doing more hypertrophy training, or phases where you might be doing more, you know, um, low reps, high weight, something like that. And you're not doing the same exact thing every single day for the whole year. You're phasing it in cycles. Same thing goes with nutrition. And if you are really interested in seeing how far you can push your body and what you can accomplish uh, athletically and with your body composition, it requires phasing your diet as well. So um, the the person who's in a chronic deficit is probably not achieving most of their goals for, for either of those camps. And they're probably feeling like crap and they're probably beating themselves up and spending way too much time thinking about nutrition than they should too.
0: Right you're, you're you're by definition not giving yourself right. the nutrients you need like that's <laughs> what a calorie deficit is like by definition like you're you're mm-hmm. not doing what you're supposed to do what's kind of the big vision because you do a lot of things now so let's like, what's the big vision for your work like what are you hoping to Achieve. Where where does Emily (laughs) and
1: well, I have always been guided by the principle that you don't have to hire. I don't want you to have to hire a nutritionist or be a nutritionist to know how your body works. And there is so much mystery around dieting. And like, if you buy my my plan or if you buy my program, like you'll finally lose those ten pounds or like whatever. You know, like it's snake oil. It's like it's like. Um, you know if there is some veil of um, like how to lose weight or how to lose fat or how to gain muscle whatever it might be and we have to buy into that in order to see the results I would love for people to graduate my coaching or to experience my resources and my free content and start to have an understanding of like how to quote unquote hack their body on their own so they never have to buy those things ever again they can give their body gentle direction by manipulating proteins fats and carbs and paying attention to how they feel and paying attention to the data and do it themselves so that they never have to um, feel like it's all a mystery um, ever again
0: right you really want people to graduate from it not you know rely rely on you and then they're working with you Mm -hmm. for three four years or they would have like just you know without you they become helpless like that's what you you don't (laughs) want them like you really want people to you want people to eventually become so good. Yeah, that they I don't kind need of feel like
1: I liken it to this analogy. So if you, you don't have to read the manual to drive your car, but it certainly helps to have a manual if something breaks or the lights go off in your car. And it's really empowering if you know how you could fix your car yourself or know what to do in order to make it work better. And the same thing goes with nutrition. If you don't need a manual on nutrition to know how to feed yourself, but if you want to change something about the way that you look, feel, or perform, it's incredibly empowering to be able to make adjustments to your diet yourself and achieve that on your own. So I truly believe that that comes from having a basic understanding of macros tracking and, you know, just, you know, just general food logging and what those portion sizes and appropriate amount of food looks like for you. And and that can do it for people.
0: Yeah, I think that's an awesome way of approaching mm-hmm. just a service in general. That it's not just like lose ten pounds during my three right. months and then gain twenty without me. Like that's not Mm-mm. you know that's not that's not what you want, right? That's not the part people tell you about. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about macros? Yeah,
1: I'm on Instagram. It's my primary way of connecting with my audience. I'm Emily Field RD on Instagram, and it's the same thing for my website. I have a ton of free resources there. If you want to set your own macros, I have guides for you. Um, you know, obviously a registered dietitian going to take a little bit more of an in-depth approach to this than maybe your general macro coach and i'm emilyfieldrd.com if you want to find that stuff
0: awesome thank you so much for being on the podcast i really appreciate it